Well, good morning, family. It is a great day to worship Jesus. It really is. This morning, we're um, going back. We're kind of past uh, Christmas and New Year's and all that was part of that. And uh, we're going to go back to our study in the book of Colossians. So we're going to be in chapter 3. And if you have your Bible, would you take it? out, and I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm sorry, I know you just sat, but it's, um, it's part of our calisthenics this morning, and we're, we're going to do uh, jumping jacks in just a minute. <laughs> um, but this, I'm going to ask, we're going to read uh, from verse 1 to 4, and I'm going to read verse 1 and 3, and you're going to read out loud verse 2 and 4. Does that sound good? Okay, are you ready? If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. You may be seated. This, um, just calling, get, calling it, get your head out of the clouds. And uh, because the clouds aren't high enough. And you know when people are saying, get your head out of the clouds, you, you're, you're in a place of oftentimes fantasy, but we're not in fantasy. We're talking about reality. A reality for each and every one of us. And uh, as we take this portion, I really believe that the core message of just these four verses it can be transformational, life-changing, give you faith, encouragement, help you to live at a different level in your life than maybe you would otherwise do. And so um, let's, uh, let's, we're going we're gonna to tear it apart, all right? Let's take a look at it. In Colossians chapter 1, I mean chapter 3 in verse 1, it says, if then... Now, the if then, of course, he says, if you were raised with Christ, the if then is not like, if, you know, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, because he, what he's done is he set up this concept, this idea that we were and have been raised with Christ. And so the if then is means if you're one of those, if you're one of those believers, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have the Holy Spirit in you because you've accepted Christ into your life, that's th then that's you. See, in fact, uh, I think some of the, the NIV and some other newer trans other translations don't say if then. It's they it actually says since then. And in any case, it's since you since then you were raised with Christ. Now everything about everything for our lives depends on this. The, the idea is sometimes misunderstood and people don't get it. I don't think that if you don't get it, it doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means you're missing out on some really important things in your understanding of who you are and who God is. And when he says we have been, we, we were raised with Christ, he's alluding to the fact that all of us have this, if you've been, if, if you're a Christ follower, the moment you 
put your faith in Jesus and you were born again, God placed his spirit in you and you became one with Christ. There's a union there that is more than just, just ethereal. It's more than just philosophical. It's a reality that you and Jesus are really one. You've been united with him. And that union is so important because what that means for us is that everything that has been, that, that Jesus did um, is attributed to us because we're one with him. And even to the place where uh, his death means that we have actually gone through the process of death. And even though that might not be physically for you, but because your union with Jesus is one, since he died, you died. And, and the significance of that is that if you died, then sin does not have any more power over you. If you died already, the, the, the um, ultimate consequences of sin are not laid to you. You know, we've used that illustration that, you know, if you broke the law, you know, and, uh, you know, you were put in prison for 25 years and you died 10 years into your prison sentence, no one at the prison says, okay, he's got 15 more years to serve. Because once you've died, it's over. And so because you've died in Christ, you understand? The sentence is not a sentence for you. It's already, you've already passed through the places of death. That's why death in this world is not final. And that's why the scripture says that death has lost its sting. It's lost its power over us because death, physical death for us is not a final. It's a passage to, a, it's a, con, a continuation of life afterward in eternity. And so since we have died with Christ, then we, are, we have also risen with Christ. And that means that there is a positional place in heaven. You say, well, I'm here, but you're here, but you're there in Christ. You, you're on earth, but you're in heaven in Christ. You're seated at the right hand of, of the Father in Christ. It's a positional place that gives us authority because of that. It, it means that Jesus is interceding for us. We know that, but that's more than this, that Jesus is interceding for us. The, the point, the, the PowerPoint of that is that we are in a place of authority in Christ. We have access to the Father, right? There's no distance between us and the Father when we, we pray. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no curtain between us and the Father. We have direct access because we're in Christ. That's what gives us that place. Now, if you don't know that, that doesn't mean you can't, you, you, you probably, you know, you, you've probably been praying and knowing that you have, but you don't know why you have such free access. But, but when you understand that you're in Christ, well, there's, there's a meaning to that that also directs and rechanges our mind. And that's why he says, seek, and, and that just means to relentlessly pursue. It's not a one-time thing, it's an ongoing thing. It's a, it's a continuous seek, those things which are above. See, get your heads out of the clouds, we're going further. We're going to the very presence of God, and you're to seek 
those things that are above. Because heaven is a real place. The, 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 the dwelling place of God is a very real place. Yesterday, we buried my, um, my father, and at the graveside, we were talking about the fact that, that he, um, you know, that he's in a better place. And you hear people say that. But I'm gonna tell you, there's a real difference. This, this, you know, I, I've been at and done you know, hundreds of funerals and over the years and seen people as they grieve and walk through the process. And it's a painful thing when you lose a loved one and you walk through that process. But you can tell the difference of people who actually know. They know that heaven is a real place. And they know the means of getting there through Jesus Christ. There's a completely different way. And you might even have some of the same ver verbiage. You'll hear people say, well, they're in a better place. But when you kind of press in on it, you understand that they're just, they're just kind of this hope. They're not convinced. But when someone knows the Lord and really there's a conviction, there's a con you know that's a reality. We talked about some of the things about where, what heaven is like, and that heaven is, I knock on, on this, cause it, not because I'm knocking on wood, it's not, a, you know, it's not a good luck thing or anything like that, but because it's real. It's not some spiritual kind of floating in the clouds thing. That this actually is a, it's a type of, God created earth, it's, it's an image of the real. It's a fallen image of the real. You see? You, you, the, the, the difference between this real and that real is this real has two things in it. It has one, it's fading. Entropy, you know, the scientists use the terminology. Second law of thermodynamics, everything's deteriorating, right? You look at one another and if you, my wife didn't like that statement, but you look at some people. Don't look at anybody. How do we go with that? It's a, it's a reality, right? Look in the mirror. And over, you, you see, there's a deterioration of everything. Nothing lasts forever on this earth. Everything deteriorates. There's, there's that aspect of it. There's death here. And you see death all around you. And I'm not, and I'm not, just even, I'm not talking about people or because my dad just died. But the fact is, you know, just go outside and look at your grass. I mean, everything has a death process that's going on all around us. Heaven does not. There is no death process at all. Heaven, heaven is not deteriorating. There's no deterioration. It is only, it's, 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 a, it's a state of, of life. It's all life. So heaven is a very real place. And where we are positionally is with Christ there in that place. 
sitting at the right hand. And that's why the emphasis here, and he says, so seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting, sitting at the right hand of God. Now, the right hand is a place of authority. When he says sitting at the right hand, that's a positional place. Why does he tell us right hand? Well, because it's a, a positional place of authority. And we sit there. See, because we actually have a place there. It's a place that is ours in heaven. And the, the Bible actually said, let, let me read Philippians 3.20 to you. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven. So, so we have an actual citizenship of heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. That means there's a privileged place for us in a home that God has given us in heaven. So we are citizens of heaven. And it's, can I just emphasize, because this process of thinking is really important. It's not, I will be a citizen of heaven. It's past tense. I am, I have been. I'm already a citizen of heaven. Heaven already is your home. Okay, it's not something that's going to be your home. It actually is your home. If you were to be translated to heaven immediately right now, you would feel more at home than you ever have felt on earth. Do you understand? That even though your home is home and it's always a comfortable place to, to, to land, you know, you, you, tra- you travel, and, but you always go, there's no place like home. There's no place like getting in your chair, you know, at home and, uh, and being at your place. Well, heaven will be more home you'll feel more comfortable there than you ever have because it is really your home. And you are a citizen of that place. And so, as Paul's writing this, he's wanting the readers to, to understand, you know, all this good stuff we, they talk, that we talk about, it's a, it's a reality, and it benefits us from keep, by, to keep our head in heaven. There was a phrase that people would use that say, you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. And that is just not true. In fact, the more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you will be. And that's why he says to focus, listen, that that we're to seek, but then he adds to, it's not just seeking, it is setting your mind. Look at verse two, it says, set your mind on things above. Keep your mind there on things above, not on things of the earth. Say, do I, do not, don't I care about the things that go around me? No, that, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that, there's no, that, there's no, that you're not engaged with things on the earth. In fact, Jesus taught us the exact opposite, right? We're to love one another. We're, we're to be the most loving, caring people. We're, we're to be earth changers, in this world, we're as part of the kingdom of God. That's, it's not that we're not there, but what he's saying to us is that our mind needs to always have a heavenward direction, right? Our eyes need to have an, a heavenward direction in our life. Because if we don't have that heavenward direction, that our life will be consumed by our earthboundness. 
And, and the scripture says, tells us that, uh, that to be spiritually minded is life and to be, and to be fleshly or earthly minded is death. And so we, we end up living in, when I mean death, when he means death there, I mean ultimately is death if that's all you have because you're not a Christian if you don't have any heavenly mindedness. But more of the sense of the death process, what happens in the life of, of death is more surrounding us when we are thinking of earthly and living in earthly things and that alone. So when you wake up in the morning, the only thing you are thinking of is the, the things you have to take care of that are earthly. Well, and you don't have any he- heavenly mindedness, then you will be stuck in earth, earthly thinking, and I would say stinking thinking, that will cause you to, to, the death process will have more effect over your life instead of living life abundantly as Jesus talks about. So, he's, so the, he says, set your mind. Now, that's, it's in the continuous sense, so it's not a one-time thing. It's keep setting is the way it is. You keep setting your mind, and you don't just seek heaven, but you think heaven. You don't just seek heaven, you think heaven. Some said, I don't know how accurate this is, but we have 50,000 thoughts a day. I think there's way more than that, but they go through our brain. You know, how many of them are heavenly minded? Heaven is, the, uh, we're thinking about life and not decay. Now, hear me, let me give you just a couple of practicals. Why seek and set your mind on things above? First of all, you need to be reminded on a regular basis to make every day count. We're not here that long. That's, that's, that's a reality that it doesn't take long that for you to start realizing that. You know, when you're young, you think, you know, when you're five years old, a day is a long time. You know, when you're a teenager, a month is a long time. And when you hit your 70s, right, it seemed like your life was very short or sooner than that, than that. But it's a reality. So make every day count. When you're heavenly minded, you realize that. When, when, we need to keep our priorities straight. And because when you're heavenly minded, it helps you prioritize your life. Because we get so focused on this short little bit of time that we have here we get so focused on it, we get our priorities wrong. And we, we, we live on this side of the grave longer than on the other side. So your priorities, if, if you think of it that way, like this is, uh, you know, on this, on this eternal string, we are a mark, that's our life, it's the dash between, you know, birth and death on the gravestone. It's just a, it's a, I don't want to discourage anybody here, okay? But it just, 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 this is a reality. We're a dash on this eternal stream. And so where, where we're going to be forever is on that side, not this side. So 
this side is important. Not, and, 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 and what we do on this side has value and, as it, and it's important in all of those things. It, it isn't a, a diminishing of this side and living out this life, but if you don't see and, and, and re- recognize re- the reality that that side is much, much longer, then you won't have your priorities right on this side. You'll focus on things that have very little eternal purposes and consequences in, in your life. And, and you know, the, the blessing of having that keeping your mind on things above is that it keeps you, it keeps you, if you do that regularly, it keeps you focused, you see. But, but not just that. You know, the scripture tells us this about God. It says, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. And as you're looking to the Lord in your life and as you're focusing on the eternal perspective of life and you're focusing on the Lord, the Lord does something wonderful in you. He starts, he gives you a peace about life. Because because one of the life stealers is the fear of death. It's a life stealer. So many people don't live life. They huddle. You know, they, 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 they hide because the fear of death keeps them from actually experiencing life. And when you are free from that and understand that my, that's my heaven, that's my, that's my place, that's my home, that's where my citizenship, and I'm going there, I don't have to speed up the process, but here's the thing, I'm going there, and because of that, whatever happens here, I can just, I can flow with it. I can live life, I can enjoy life, I do not have to spend my life in fear of that day. We need to be reminded that sorrow, pain, and disappointment are temporary. So whatever we're going through, I'm grateful it's not eternal. And whatever challenges are not eternal. And there's all kinds of positive things we can talk about, how the Lord takes us through things and how he helps us and how he loves us. What a wonderful Savior we have and all how God carries us and how God protects us. And there's, you know, we could do sermons and sermons and sermons about that. We do all, but here's the, the other aspect of having a he- heavenly mindset, and that is that you recognize that whatever you're going through, whatever pains, whatever sorrows, whatever, it's temporary. And someday, every tear will be wiped away every sorrow, there'll be no more sickness, there'll be no, there'll be no more death because the death process will be gone. Gone. And so, and, and so in verse three he says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, if you don't understand your unity with Christ, that just sounds really bizarre. You died. And it doesn't even sound encouragement. You know, you died. Not much encouragement there, you died. But actually, it is encouragement. I died with Christ. I've already done it. I don't have to worry about death. I've already done it. 
been there, done that in Jesus, right? So I know where I'm going because I'm already there in Christ. And I can rest assured of that. And it says, and when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the promise. So it's for you died, but then when, when Christ, our life appears. Now, I think that's coming soon. I do. But then, you also will appear with him in glory. Whether you've already died, or you're still, you, you, you know, physically died, or whether you're waiting for him in his appearing, you will show up with him. It's called the rapture. It's called the resurrection. You will appear with, with Jesus Christ. But I don't want to pass up this one little phrase in the middle where it says, when Christ, who is our life. He is our life. And, and, and he is our life, not only in the sense that he gives us life, but he is our life because he is the affection of our life. He's the love of our life. We love him and because that he is our life, you know. We sometimes think of that as, uh, you know, our, our loved ones or so forth. You know, somebody you love, people say, oh, you're just, you know, you're my, you're my, li- you're my life. Well, actually, Jesus actually is our life. He is our life. And because he is our life, when he appears, well, we'll be with him. He'll make sure that that happens. Do you see that all of this works together in our life? Seek. Seek those things that are above. Put your mind. Set your mind on things that are above. Keep our heart focused on the things that are above. Maybe just take a moment. Maybe you can, I don't know how you envision heaven. I, whatever it is, it's not good enough. But we do our best, right? And we try to kind of envision the fact that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's what I envision, that we're there. We keep our mind on the f- and focus on Jesus. That we interact with our Lord and Savior on a regular basis, Lord, we, we seek you. We're, we understand that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and because of that, we have the earnest or, of our inheritance. We have the down payment of our inheritance is already established. That Lord, because you died for us and were buried and rose again, we then, died, were buried, and rose again with you. So we do not have to go through death like those who don't have you will have to go through death. 
we have a different portal. We have a different passage. That your word says when we're out of this body, we'll be present with you. And that, Lord, our life, it isn't, it isn't a life focused on death. It's not focused on that. It's a life focused on life. Because we don't have to think about or worry about death. All we have to do is spend our time, our focus on you and the things of you and life, both as we live it daily with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. And as we, Lord, pass through that to eternity, it's still the same life. And we don't have to compartmentalize it. But, Lord, we look to you in advance, knowing that, Lord, that is part of the promise for our lives. And, Lord, may we just rejoice in that every day. Lord, help us not to get so earthly-minded we're of no heavenly good. Lord, help us not to get so caught up in the things that surround us in our everyday life that, Lord, we cannot see beyond it and we can't see heaven. Lord, help us to be freed, Lord, to see our life in totality as we look to who you are and what you've done and where we're going, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Worship team. I don't know if that makes you want to worship, but it makes me want to worship. I want to glorify the king, amen? As uh, Pastor was preaching, this um, this old song kept coming to my mind that I know a lot of you know. So let's just sing it, and we'll close in some time of worship. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of And the thing. 
is your faithfulness lord i will rest in your promises my confidence oh is your faithfulness so i will rest in your promises church. God bless you. Go in the name of Christ. God bless. So I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises. My confidence 